and welcome to the Around the Table podcast with pastors Matt Smith and Nick Decker. This podcast is all about the ministry and preaching of Lebanon Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. The goal is to help you grow in your faith and spiritual walk with the Lord every single day of your life. To learn more about Lebanon Baptist Church, visit lbcnow.org. And now your hosts, Matt Smith and Nick Decker. Hey, everybody, uh, and welcome to Around the Table. Uh, I am Pastor Matt, lead pastor of Lebanon Baptist Church, joined with uh, our co-host, Nick Decker, our family ministries and outreach pastor. And if you're watching this uh, on YouTube, uh, then you can see we're in a little bit different setting Uh, right now. We're uh, coming to you from uh, actually the Omni Hotel uh, in downtown Atlanta. So a little bit of uh, Atlanta back here behind us. That isn't fake. That no, no, it's real. real. Yeah, that this is, is this is not a virtual background. No, no, we're the king of virtual backgrounds, but not not this one. Yeah, this is not a virtual background. No, it's this a real, is real, real background. Got the backdrop of downtown Atlanta. Uh, we are uh, actually down here for a uh, conference that we were invited to be a part of to participate in a conference with uh, Mark Clifton, uh, with the North American Mission Board. Uh, with other pastors, uh, other directors of missions, or other leaders that work with churches in the Baptist State Conventions across the country. And so we've been able to come be a part of that uh, today and then tomorrow. And so uh, we're recording this on Monday at the end of the day. We're a little bit tired because we got up really early this morning. Why don't you tell everybody what time we got up? Yeah, I got up at 3.45. 3.45. Yes. I got you beat. I was up at 3.42. And uh, so, but we, we've been up, got up and took a flight down here and uh, we've been in, in trainings uh, all day uh, today. And so enjoying it, learning a lot, uh, yeah. a great opportunity, uh, but also getting a little tired toward the end of the day. But, you know, I just realized also, as we kind of describe the background here of downtown Atlanta, uh, maybe those watching can see a little bit of it, but uh, those listening can't see any of that. Maybe describe the scene behind us for those listening to this. Yes, so we are right here in downtown Atlanta, and so there's a park outside here. They need to just jump on the YouTube channel if they're listening at some point. Yeah, yeah, go to YouTube and and look. And look, because it's a beautiful scene. We got here this morning about 7, 37, somewhere around there. There was nobody. I mean, it was like a ghost town, and it's finally filling up, so there's some people walking around here. But this nice, beautiful beautiful, park back here closed. Beautiful park, yeah. Is it closed? Yeah, that's why there's nobody Nobody in the park. Yeah, but... There's, you know, skyscrapers and everything else. So it's yeah, a beautiful. People. There's a few people around. It's, but it's a beautiful scene. But yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a good opportunity to be here. So again, as always, we uh, just want to remind you before we jump into today's episode uh, for why we do this podcast. And this podcast around the table exists because we want to help you grow in your faith and walk with the Lord every single day of the week, not just Sunday, but throughout the week as well. And so we're trying to bring some content uh, to you to help you in that uh, endeavor and keep your Christian faith from being limited to just a Sunday only experience. But I want to talk about issues of spirituality, of church health, church leadership, of our church, of ministries, and uh, and the scriptures, the sermons, yeah. all that. We want to want to spend time on that even yeah. during the week and be able to do it a little more uh, conversationally. So we're also recording this podcast rather than, than doing stuff uh, in advance. We decided to, to record it down here on this event because uh, we have something coming up on April 20th, uh, April 20th at Lebanon Baptist Church. We are hosting a one day uh, church revitalization conference uh, for pastors and for deacons and elders, church leaders uh, in our area. 
we're inviting them to come and hear Mark Clifton, who is a big part of this conference. We're inviting yep. them to come hear Mark Clifton on uh, that day. And so we want to be about uh, the, the mission of, of not just uh, trying to be healthy ourselves and, and be a healthy, growing, multiplying church ourselves, but we also want to help other churches do that too because we're all on the same team. Yep. We're not competing against each other. I love the fact that this past uh, Saturday we had the pastor from First Baptist Church in Gibsonville, uh, Pastor J.D. Weed. Mm -hmm. We had him share the devotional Mm -hmm. uh, at the Upward Half Times through the video, and he was glad to do that. And we were able to say, hey, you know, if you're out in the Gibsonville area looking for a church, you know, check them out because it's not all just about our church and our ministry, but it's about Jesus and the church, and we're all a part of that, and we're working together. Correct. And so that's some of why we're even doing this. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think it's uh, pretty unique, and uh, usually, you know, we we take this time to discuss the sermon from Sunday, but I do think it's going to be a little unique podcast, even leading up to this revitalized conference that we're hosting at Lebanon, because we're going to take a few episodes uh, coming up to talk more about revitalization to prepare our people for that. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it's been a great opportunity just to network, connect with other pastors in the area, uh, not only in North Carolina, though, across the across the nation, as, as Pastor Matt said. Uh, but why don't you do this? Well, we've got, we got a couple more minutes here. Why don't you uh, tell us what we're going to talk about today? Because it is unique. We're not taking your sermon and discussing it. We want to give an introduction to basically church revitalization. Yep. And that's a big term. So why don't you define, as we begin... Uh, why don't you define church revitalization uh, and then maybe give a you know a outline for today's discussion? Yeah, so uh, we got no notes other than a book that we're going to talk about a little right, bit in just is, a minute. Yeah. But a little just, bit kind of off the cuff and freestyling yeah. this. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, church revitalization, what is that? Sounds like a big thing. But uh, we're, 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 uh, when we talk about church revitalization, I like to start by just talking about a concept that those that maybe have been in church for a while are familiar with, and that's the concept of revival. We've heard that talked about before in the church. So every time revitalization comes up, I think about revival. And for many, revival, though, was the idea of, you know, it was the idea of like evangelistic campaigns. We're yeah. going to we're going to uh, have uh, several services, yeah. uh, service tent, me- yeah, tent, tent meetings, meetings that kind of stuff. it was evangelistically focused. Yeah. But true, the true essence of revival is is really the people of God, the church, if you will, uh, getting back on fire for the things of God, passionate yep. about the things of God. It's the spirit of God through the word of God doing a work in the people of God yep. that leads to greater evangelistic intensity. So if you just think about it in that lens through that um, through, through that component, then it begins to under, make a little bit more sense. When we talk about church revitalization, we're talking about trying to, to make a, uh, trying to lead a church to health and vitality, to be more passionate about the things that God is passionate about. Yeah. And so we know that the statistic, um, uh, you, you know the statistic a little better, I think, than I do, but it's 80% or more uh, churches are plateaued. Yeah. Or declining? Yeah, 88%. 88% is correct. That's yeah. it. 800 Southern Baptist, 800 and 900 Southern Baptist churches, that's just Southern Baptist, are, die each year. Yeah, eight to yeah. 900. Eight to 900 churches. Southern Baptist churches just die Southern every Baptist, year. Southern Baptist doesn't include other denominations. Yep. So the, the vast majority uh, of churches yep. are 
either plateaued, meaning they're not growing, meaning yeah. nobody's coming to faith in Christ, or if they are, they're not being baptized, they're not being, or they're discipled. not being discipled, yep. or they're not being added to the church. Somewhere there's a breakdown, and so the church has been for a while plateaued, or it's declining, it's yep. losing membership. And so church revitalization is the work of trying to bring health and growth and vitality to restore that back to yep. that church. And so that's what we're talking about. This is not going to be uh, one podcast that answers this uh, completely. We're actually going to use this to begin a series of podcasts. We won't put them together and or we won't put them out consecutively, yep. but we'll come back to this topic, you know, a few more times this year. And so what we wanted to do with what we thought would be helpful as we try yeah. to talk about the need for that church re- revitalization is one, just talk about, you know, both of us are passionate about that. I wrote my dissertation on for my doctor ministry on case studies of, mm-hmm. of, of churches that were revitalized, that were plateaued or declining. Now they're healthy and growing again and making disciples and reaching people with the gospel. You're focusing on the aspect of the role of preaching in relation to revitalization Mm -hmm. in your THM. And so this is something we're passionate about. We want to be a part of that and helping others. So uh, the book, Reclaiming Glory, this is a book that was written by Mark Clifton just a few years ago. uh, uh, And and, and it's kind of like one of the foundational books Mm -hmm. that anyone who's interested in this subject would need to to read to to dive a little deeper. And so, uh, again, what we're going to do is unpack a few things just from one chapter in this book. And um, in this chapter, basically, uh, Clifton lays out these six characteristics, six characteristics of a dying church. And so he has spent much of his life uh, being uh, called in to consult with churches that are struggling and are declining. Now, a lot of these, I want to say before we even get into them, for our church right now, in our context, the, the fact that our church in the last few years made conscious decisions not to allow some of these things to set in is a key component to why our church is even as healthy as it yeah. is right now, which is, an in, is actually an anomaly compared to the majority of Southern Baptist churches, yep. you know, even in our state. I yep. mean, we, and so we have a lot of health in our church in many aspects yep. and areas. And so, and, and again, uh, so uh, some of these components, we, we look at these characteristics, we, we try to remind ourselves of them so that we, because we can easily slip right back into one of, or two or all of yep. these if we're not careful. Yep. Um, but also these are, these are important to discuss. And so I'm going to kind of mention uh, one at a time, but I'll deal with about three just ex- mentioning it, and you'll explain some of that, and then we'll, we'll kind of uh, go a little bit more. Uh, but that's, that's the focus of what we're doing here. So the yep. first characteristic of a dying church that Mark outlines in the book, Reclaiming Glory, is that they value these churches value, those that are dying, they value the process of decision more than the outcome of decision. So yeah. talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so for example, they would value uh, the committee meetings or the business meetings uh, and the process of making a decision than actually going out and bringing about the decision, bringing about the outreach, bringing about a gospel change in the community, that they would rather focus on the busyness, per se, of the meetings and the process of making that decision and basically wasting their time on things that aren't that important. And they think by meeting a lot of these churches that are declining or plateaued, think they are doing good work. I'm not saying business meetings are bad or committee meetings are bad. You, you got to have them. At the same time, they think that's all they need to do. 
And so they value that time over and over again. And so if you see that kind of church, if you see church members who value that more so than actually going out into the community and bringing about these decisions that they've decided in committee meetings, you have a plateaued church. I mean, that's one of the key signs. In fact, that's his first sign, first key indicator. And so those who value the, 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 the process of making a decision over uh, the outcome of the decision, over uh, the desire to reach the community with the gospel because they become so engulfed in making those decisions, thinking they're busy, thinking they're doing the Lord's work, but in reality they're not, and they're missing it, and they're declining as a result of that because they become so obsessed with that decision process. Yeah, and I think I would just kind of even add to that, that a lot of, because churches, you know, uh, have a life, you know, uh, span where they, 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 they grow older, what happens, though, in the churches is we, we've, we've tended to just add to, add to, yeah. add to, add to all these different programs, all these different ministries, yeah. all these different meetings and committees, and we've built, built, built. And then uh, we feel like, well, we're being effective because yeah. we're, we're busy. We're busy, yeah. And the idea, just the fact that we're busy, it creates the illusion yep. that we're doing something God yep. wants us to do. Sometimes we are, but not always. Yep. Sometimes it actually replaces what we ought to be right. doing. So yeah, that's one that they value the process of decision more than the outcome of decision. And I don't actually, I don't think our church does that. Honestly, I, I think, I think we're, we're pretty uh, good at, obviously we meet, we make decisions, but I think we don't value that process over the actual outcome. And so, I mean, again, you know, kudos to us. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that is not like to the pastors. I mean, kudos to our church body. Exactly. Right? Those no, no. listening. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, yeah. you know that that's the thing. And 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 I, I'm I, we are we are fortunate to have a church that yeah. recognizes some of this, and so it's been very beneficial yeah, to be I a agree. part of that. I to agree. Lead. Uh, the, the second uh, characteristic of a dying church, uh, Clifton outlines, is that they value their own preferences. They value their own preferences over the needs of the unreached. Yep. What does that mean? Yeah, we could spend a whole <laughs> podcast on this. <laughs> yeah, they, they literally value what they think is most important to themselves than somebody who's lost, dying, and going to hell. And they'd rather see their desires fulfilled. Like, you know, they want their Sunday service at their time. They want the Bible version that they like. They want the kind of music style. Yes, yep. I said it, the music style they like over actually, hey, let's give up my preferences, what I want, to see somebody saved. And so uh, they care more about their desires, their wants, their needs uh, than they do the lost person dying and going to hell. And uh, we see that over and over again. And it's and even I mean I think it's even in the pastor's heart too sometimes that we we have preferences that we want met but in reality we got to sacrifice our preferences our desires to see people uh, come to know Jesus Christ. Yeah, we all have things that we like and things that we desire. Yeah, but are we willing to set those aside uh, for the sake of reaching someone with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Yep. Um, my my, uh, my my professor that I had down at Dallas. Uh, he would be called in to consult with, with churches oftentimes that were really bad off, you know, a 600-seat auditorium, 30 people uh, in the church. All of them, you know, are just, you know, 80 years old or older. And uh, he basically would, would, you know, look out at the church and he would say, what would you be willing to change or to give up if it meant, what would you be willing to give up or change if it meant that your kids and grandkids would be sitting on the mm. pews you know, next to you, worshiping yeah. Christ and following Christ. Yeah. And so that's, that's personal. Yep. But uh, oftentimes churches get into this situation because we get to a point where we'd rather not change yep. or give up anything 
to see that. So I, we, I think too, even even the conference today, we could take some away from the conference. The uh, uh, I think it was Walker Armstrong, yeah. the DOM in, in Winston Salem, right down yep. the road from us, told a story of how uh, the older congregation said, "Nah, we don't really want to give up our preferences to see young people in the in the in the sanctuary right now." Yeah, and he said, "Okay," and then eventually, guess what? They died. Yeah. Uh, because they wouldn't sacrifice their preferences. So yeah, that's, and that's, that's that, more common than really what it should be. Yeah, actually, he said that he was meeting with the church. They were less than 15, and they, and, and, and they said, well, we're, we're not really sure. You know, we might get run over with all these yeah, kids. That's right. We yeah. might get knocked over yeah. with all these kids around here. Which or is, a kid may draw on the wall with a yeah, crayon. Yeah, a kid know? may draw on the wall. You know, can't have that. And that's, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, we are so, that, that's one of the years we are fortunate maybe blessed yeah. uh, by God uh, to have. And we've seen uh, yeah. in, in, in the recent years so many young families and kids. I mean, we've had the last few Sundays, we've had, you know, anywhere from 80 to 95 fifth grade and down yeah. on a Sunday morning, a- 80 to 95. You know, that's larger than the average size of a Correct. Baptist church. And that's just fifth grade down through nursery. So, And we uh, looked up the, the statistic on a healthy church, what percentages should be, yep. and I think it's 23%, and we're like right there. Yep. And so that's a, a good sign for sure. It is a good sign. Um, and again, it's messy. It's dirty. It's messy. The nursery smells, and yep. the trash has to be taken yep. out, and the walls have to Kids be wiped scream, down. Kids scream, noise Kids, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's it's a good it's a good sign. Yeah. So uh, the, the third one uh, is that the char- uh, third characteristic of a dying church is that they have an inability to pass leadership to the next Hmm. generation yeah talk about that they struggle in passing on the baton of leadership to the next generation yeah what does that look like uh how do you interpret that so a lot of churches will a lot of these pastors and even even deacons will be uh, a lot older than some of the younger members in the congregation. And instead of allowing them to be on the leadership teams, instead of allowing them to be in pastoral roles, they won't pass it on. They're going to keep an older staff, an older leadership team. They're nervous because obviously the younger generation can be different than yeah. they are. They have different values, different desires and everything. And so they get nervous, they get scared, and so they won't pass on the leadership baton to those uh, those younger generations, and as a result, begin to die. Because if you don't pass on your faith, I mean, that's scriptural. You look at the Old Testament over and over again. Moses tells them the Pentateuch. Over and over again, Joshua says, pass it on to your children and grandchildren because they are the next generation. But a lot of times in these declining plateaued churches, you see where they don't pass it on because, right. again, they're afraid or they're nervous or they don't want to give up the leadership position. Yeah, it's, it's tough to do it. And you, it's somewhere along the line, there was a generation that said, no, we're going to hang on to the yeah. decision-making power and not pass that on. Yeah. And it's not just for, you know, the older people in the church. Yeah. I mean, hey, I've struggled with that, you know, having you on staff a little bit younger than me, not much, but a little bit, Sean, a little bit younger, others. You know, you guys yeah. come at it from, a, even even you guys come at it from a different perspective. There's things that even I'm like, ah, you know, <laughs> struggle with some of this, and we, yeah. we work those things out. And most of the time, you know, it, 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 we get the better solution because of that uh, collectivity and working together. It's not just in the church. That's, that, struggles, that, that struggle is real with the pastors as well. Yeah. I remember on one church uh, that I was at uh, before, we, we were struggling a little bit, and we were literally sitting around in a room talking about, this was the leadership of the church, and we were, we were talking to deacons and, and a couple pastors, and we were sitting around the room talking about how we were struggling to reach young families. And uh, why, why are we struggling to reach young families with kids? And I, I, I went to the pastor afterwards and I said, no one in that room in leadership 
other than me is under the age of 60 years old. Hmm. There's no one that is a young family in leadership. And so that makes it difficult to know what their needs are and and to be able to reach them. And we, we, that was kind of like a moment where we, we started bringing on and training some newer, younger leaders and putting them in positions of leadership to help, you know, make that balance. And it, and it made a positive impact in the church. Yeah. And, and I think too, and then like you said, it's not just the younger generation. I think it's, it's a multi-generational thing. It has to be both and, you yeah. know, you gotta have, you gotta have both. It's both and. Yeah. 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 And that, that's the beautiful thing about our church too, that I right. love that I said to the search team when I was being interviewed, you know, five years, almost five years ago now, uh, was that the multi-generational aspect of our church, I wanted to pastor a church where my grandparents and my children would be Yep. embraced and all comfortable uh, worshiping and serving and and coming, uh, being a part of the church together. And you need that. You need yep. the wisdom and you need the youthfulness and each need the other. Correct. And so uh, that, that's, a, that's something that we have, I believe, at our church. I'm really, uh, I am really encouraged by uh, the, the mature, wise leadership of some in our church that have been there, some in ministry, some in ministry at our church longer than I've been alive. Yeah. And then some that are, that are new and they've just been in leadership just recently here, new to it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm encouraged by both aspects of mm-hmm. that at Lebanon. Yeah. I agree with you there. And number four, the fourth sign of a declining or plateaued church is this. They cease often gradually uh, to be a part of the fabric of their community. So tell us a little more about what that looks like. Yeah, I mean, so I think the the idea there is ceasing to become a part of the, to, ceasing gradually to be a part of the fabric of the community. Um, uh, there we're talking about, Mark's talking about the, the idea that uh, they're not making a difference in the community, not sure what is really happening in the community. Uh, it's like the people in the church, they got they have their thing going on, but the needs in the community, the people in the community, the happenings in the community, the church being a hub for the community yeah. is gone. Yep. And so that, that's one of the things I'm encouraged about, you know, with our church is that we are providing things like these sports programs, food pantry, uh, you know, opportunities for groups to, you know, use our facilities yeah. for different things. And what that does is that makes us entrenched in the life of our community yep. and connected to that. Yep. But, but churches gradually become more and more isolated and inward focused and stop becoming a part of what's really going on. Yep. And that doesn't usually happen overnight, so it's not so obvious, but it's, it's a slow, he points that out in the book, a slow and gradual yep. process. Yep, and I think, I think it goes back to some of the points we made that uh, sometimes we get so busy with the, the in-focus, in, yes. inward focus that we forget about the outward focus. And really uh, what we're doing is we're maintaining, what we're doing then is we're maintaining this institution of what we call church. Correct. And we've quit advancing the movement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yep. And that's most obvious when the church is no longer involved and in making a difference in yep. The community, and one way you can find that out is talking to people in the community and saying, well, "What do you think about such and such a church?" You know, and if you ask people, I wonder what would people say about our church if you just asked people randomly. I thought I'd love to just set up a table over there at, at Food Line as people yeah. are coming in and just say, "Tell me what you think about the church across the street." You know, yeah. and just let people tell me what they think to see what the opinions are. But we want to be we want to be deeply entrenched in the community, Correct. and so that's that's uh, so important. Yeah. Hey, the fifth one is this. They grow dependent upon programs or personalities for growth or stability. 
They yep. grow dependent upon programs and or personalities for growth or stability. What do you think that means? Well, so we, we can talk about personalities first. Sometimes churches get dependent upon a personality or a couple personalities in the church. And it's like, you know, well, this pastor is a real dynamic pastor or something yep. like that. And so it, it, it's like they're dependent. Once that pastor leaves, the church falls apart. Correct. And, I, you know, a lot of times uh, people say, well, that pastor was so great at that church. Because look how grow, how much they were growing and booming when he was there. And then when he left, everything fell apart. But we, we understand the real test of leadership is not what happens when you're there, but what happens when, when you're you gone, yeah. when yeah. you're gone. And so sometimes churches get dependent upon a pastor or a couple other personalities yep. in the church that are strong, dynamic leaders. They depend upon them for everything. And when pastors do all the ministry rather than equipping the saints to do the ministry they set it up where it's dependent upon their personality bad leadership it's bad leadership we've talked about that too that our job ephesians 4 12 is primarily to be equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry so we don't want to become dependent upon a personality uh not mine not yours uh not any other person in the church the church needs to be able to go on and function and be healthy you know, without us yep. or without someone else in the church. And yep. so uh, I think, I think we, we, we do a good job, I think, in that area. Uh, and, and we, we want to continue to do so. When it comes to programs, you know, there are programs that work and they are successful at reaching people and seeing them uh, impacted with the gospel or building lives up. And then they, they, sometimes they work for a, a decade, yep. but then the program stops working and the church continues to try to hold on to that program even though it's not really doing what it was supposed to do anymore. And so, you know, we, we, uh, we, we understand the nature of that. We both, both of you and I have seen churches that did upward hugely successfully, reaching families with the gospel, seeing kids saved, seeing families added to the church, baptized, all that. And upward was a huge program for that church. But now it's not a successful program for that church. And so we don't want to become dependent on anything. Thankfully, we've seen, um, contrary to the trend, we've seen incredibly good positive momentum and help and growth through upward. But there may come a day when that program is not the program. And and again, uh, it's understanding that and being able to change and to adapt. Um, Awana right now, we believe in the value of that and and the importance of that uh, program and ministry. There may come a day when it's another program that we've got to learn uh, to adopt and adapt in order uh, to, to, to accomplish the mission yep. of the church it's, it's, the message doesn't change the methods do the methods do yeah and so and a lot of people get tied up in saying the methods can't change yep i had somebody say i think if the churches went back to the 50s we'd fit in yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's true so many churches yeah. i've heard that said if the 50s ever come back around most of our churches will be ready 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 and relevant yeah because yeah. it's like uh you know it did work it's yeah. not that it didn't work it did it's just it may not now not that the gospel doesn't. It's yeah. just the way in which the gospel is is Correct. is given, or we're connecting with people to get yeah. that gospel out. So number six, as we close, the 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 sixth sign of a plateaued or declining church is they tend to blame the community for a lack of response, and in time, grow resentful of the community for not responding as it once did. Tell yeah, we, we, wow, we, we heard that. We actually heard that from uh, one of the presenters today as he told several stories of churches. Uh, this is a, this is a, a powerful one. Uh, it's very, it, listen, we all want to blame somebody else. Yeah. I mean, uh, we all have that human, sinful 
tendency to when when something when, when something's not happening the way it ought to be happening, let's blame somebody else. And so it's always easy to blame someone who's not in the room. And so what a lot of churches uh, wind up doing when things start going poorly is they start blaming someone that's not there anymore and uh, largely the community well this community doesn't care about the gospel anymore they don't care about jesus they don't care about the bible anymore um you know the 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 teenagers these days don't want to have anything to do and you'll hear with you know with christ or you know really is that is that is that true i mean is is it different or or not from from your generation i mean and so you just start to blame the community rather than the church uh taking ownership and saying what are we failing to do are we hanging on to a a time yep. for for meeting for worship service that no longer works for the church i mean it it, the, it doesn't say anywhere in the bible you got to have church at 11 o'clock on sunday no, morning i mean you know maybe it's a maybe it's another time that would be better for the, the 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 community if the worship was offered at that time the service was but they won't change that they're hanging on to that well let's just blame the community instead and say they don't want to have anything to do with the church or christ or, or any of that the you know the culture's just uh getting bad out there yeah. and so that's what happens we we tend to shift the focus and blame um, and, and, you know, and, and that's, that's a human sinful tendency that we all have, but churches do that, yeah. shift the blame, focus on the culture and their problem instead of what we need to be doing about it. Yeah. And again, th- these are, we could talk for, uh, we could talk a lot longer and more specifically about each one of these characteristics, but, uh, this is just a kind of beginning of the conversation uh, of talking a little bit more about this because we have a heart to make sure that we try to maintain and lead a church that's healthy and growing and multiplying and also coming alongside other churches uh, that are struggling and trying to help them be healthy and growing and multiplying as well because it's it's ultimately all about uh, making an impact and a difference with the gospel so that more people can come to faith in Christ and you know if everybody and if everybody just in our part of the area if everyone just in our part of town decided to go to church on a particular Sunday uh, even all of our churches out in the area wouldn't hold them. Nope. So it's not about our church. It's about the Church of Jesus just high Christ. Cone, high Cone Road alone. Yeah. <laughs> you just mean, take the, those neighborhoods like Reedy Fork and Briarwood and oh, Briarmead and, and yeah. some of those and how many people and families are there. And you just take the, the houses within a few, the churches within a few miles. And if they all decided to go to church one Sunday, we wouldn't even, we'd all be, of our churches oh, wouldn't be able to so hold them all. Yep. So there's, the, the, there's plenty of, of field to be harvested and we we it's it's plentiful we want to work together and partner together and so that's a part of the reason even while we're down here is we're trying to work with uh uh the church health team with the baptists uh state convention for our um for north carolina baptists and our local association we're we're trying to work with them to come alongside of and help uh, other churches too and so we'll talk more about some of this we just kind of laid out some some characteristics you know sort of diagnosing some of the problems and then well okay tell me the solutions because the problems are easy uh, to identify. We, we, we'll get to in some future episodes yep. looking at, okay, what are some of the solutions to a church that's plateaued or declining? What are some of the solutions to bringing health and growth and a focus on the mission of Jesus yep. Christ and, and we're the even going to talk about the anatomy of a revived, let me say that right, church. Yep. Look at what a revived church looks like. 
uh, as well coming up. And so I'm excited about this. Next week, we're going to have Tommy Adams, one of our life group leaders, on. He's going to be talking about life groups as well as the sermon and uh, maybe a few other things as well. So I hope you'll join us for that. I appreciate this conversation and uh, always a beautiful scene. Maybe next week we'll just fly down here and shoot it again down here because yeah. it's so nice. Yeah, it is. And uh, as you mentioned, Tommy coming on, I'd just like to throw this one thing in there real quick. It kind of goes in line with this. And I just say this uh, to give some some credit where credit is due. You know, I, I um, we, one of those obstacles or, or characteristics of a dying church is they fail to pass leadership on yeah. uh, to the to the next generation. I remember meeting with Tommy and, and Jerry Powell and, and Leon and Timo and, and, uh, and uh, Missy Preston and, and Pam Gordon, the, the pastor search team, back in 2016. I remember meeting with them and, and beginning the process of interviewing. And, and uh, I remember every time I just uh, would leave or constantly I'd think about coming to the church, I just kept thinking there's no way. At the time, I was 30, I was 30 years old. Hmm. And I kept thinking, there's no way they're going to hire, this church is going to hire a 30-year-old. Yeah. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I'm just, uh, I mean, I'm young. There's been some of the difficulties and the challenges. And so I just, there's no way they're going to hire them. And then when it got to a point where it was like, they're actually seriously considering. I thought, well, <laughs> this has got to, there's got to be something healthy about this church that they would be willing to hire a 30-year-old to come in who doesn't know what he's doing yeah. and, and try to pastor and lead this church. And so that, to me, the leadership of the church, that they entrusted the pastor search team. And then the pastor search team and the church, the deacons came together and said, we're, we're going to hire this 30-year-old to come in and pastor in the in in the following of everything that had happened in the previous couple of years, uh, to me that's a stellar example. Yes, of not letting one of those characteristics yep. set in. Yep, and that's and it's a, so easy. It's to so do. easy to do, and yep. in large part, you know, we're reaping some of the benefits of just a simple decision. Yep like that. So we, we give props to that. He was yeah, one of, Tommy sure. was one of the ones that was on that uh, pastor search team, pulpit search team. And so uh, we're excited to have him come yeah. on. He's our chairman of our deacons right now too. So that'd be a good episode yeah, be very good. next week. Very yeah. good. Well, I appreciate this. And as always, our podcast is sponsored by Lebanon Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. If you're new to Lebanon or not familiar with it, visit us at lbcnow.org. If you haven't listened to the sermon from this past Sunday, let me encourage you to do that as well. You can go to our website or our YouTube channel. We'll be back on uh, next week. Hope you uh, join us for that. Hope that you have a great Thanks for joining us for Around the Table, a discussion all about the ministry and preaching of Lebanon Baptist Church. If you would like to learn more about Lebanon Baptist Church, visit lbcnow.org. Make sure to follow Lebanon Baptist Church on Facebook and Instagram, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.